welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open up your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verses 33 through 35. And then in a little bit, we're going to look in our Bibles. We're going to flip over and look at another gospel. Uh, one, one book over, and that's the gospel of John. John chapter 4. So we'll be in Luke chapter 5 as well as John chapter 4. Uh, I was scrolling along this week a few days ago on Facebook and I saw uh, something and I don't know how this stuff comes up. So you, you wonder, but uh, I didn't know how, when I started following the governor of Tennessee, but the governor of Tennessee, his, his name is Bill Lee. And I went and looked up this gentleman and I'm impressed by him. And Bill Lee, on Friday morning, signed a proclamation for the state of Tennessee. I know we're not in Tennessee. We're in Kentucky, but this is neat. Tennessee, beginning this coming Friday, that would be September 30th, is going to have a day of fasting and prayer for their entire state. The entire state of Tennessee, and it's a a biblical proclamation calling upon all the citizens of Tennessee to pray and fast for their, their state, that state below us. So I looked up this guy. He's an evangelical believer, this uh, governor. It really seems like a sharp guy. So I thought, how impressive with that. What he just did this past Friday, Governor Bill Lee, is what we're going to see here in our Bibles about the word fasting. You don't hear a lot of sermons and a lot of messages on fasting. In fact, fasting is one of those things uh, you could probably even go decades in church and not ever hear anything about fasting. We know it's there. You read those Bible verses. You, as you read Scripture, it comes about. But we have to say, what is fasting? And why does the Bible talk about it? Because I want to tell you something. Fasting is something that we find in the Old Testament and all the way up, all the way through the New Testament. Jesus fasted. We are amidst right now in our church, our season of prayer and fasting. We're preparing our hearts and preparing for God to move at the end of October for a revival with Ronnie Hill. It kicks off in four weeks. And what we're doing right now is we're praying for a mighty movement for God. Right here in our church, as well as our city, our State needs revival. Our whole nation is in desperate need for spiritual revival. And God's people are told in the Bible to pray and to fast for an awakening. So today we're on day eight of our prayer time. So I want to make sure that you are praying these remaining 32 days. Grab your prayer guide, go online and pray along with us through our our season of prayer for this. The Bible talks about how we need to actually, as Christians, we should regularly be fasting. So we're going to look here what Jesus said about this, and then we're going to answer the question, where did fasting come from? What is fasting? And what and who and why should I be doing it? That's our goal this morning. I believe as we open up our Bibles and we see what God has to say to us today, this is something that if we are not practicing 
we are, it's a detriment, a grave detriment to our spiritual lives. And it's so clear right here in the Bible. Before we read this here in Luke chapter 5, where did fasting come from? It actually started in the Old Testament book of Exodus. Moses went to go get our Ten Commandments. He goes up on Mount Sinai. He's meeting with God. The cloud comes down. It encompasses Mount Sinai. Moses, the Bible tells us, and he's receiving the Ten Commandments in our Old Testament law. And by the way, our current day law in America is built on the Old Testament law. He's with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says he ate and drank. He didn't just not eat. He didn't drink anything. Now that's what we call an absolute fast. When you don't drink anything, that's a, uh, only the Lord can sustain you that long. There's only two people in the Bible who did the absolute fast. That's no eating, no drinking. And that was Moses, and that was Elijah. And we preached on, preached on him last Sunday. Those are the only absolute fasts in the Bible. Absolute fasts are kind of challenging. The Lord would have to sustain you to make it 40 days of not drinking anything. You'd really dry up doing that. But that's the very first person in the Bible who fasted. It was Moses. Exodus chapter 34. He's with the Lord, and he dedicated that time on Mount Sinai to the Lord. So we get over here to the book of Luke, in Luke chapter 5. And Jesus had disciples. He had 12 disciples. And John the Baptist, he had disciples as well. John the Baptist's disciples were regularly fasting. Jesus' disciples were eating and drinking. And the Pharisees are looking to trap Jesus and his disciples. So they're going to attack him on the area of fasting. And that's where we pick up right here. Verse 33, Luke 5, 33. Then they said to him, they are the Pharisees. So they're going to they're trap him. John's disciples fast often and say prayers. And those of the Pharisees do the same. But yours eat and drink. Jesus, John the Baptist, he has these guys who are fasting and praying. Even the Pharisees, who you don't even like, they fast and, and, and pray. But this ragtag group of 12 men who are your disciples, they're, they're not fasting and praying. Why aren't they doing it? Are they not genuine and doubt, devout in their faith? So what they're doing is they're trying to attack Jesus on who he is and his spiritual vitality. It says here in verse uh, 34, Jesus said to them, You can't make the wedding guests fast while the groom is with them, can you? Now, what's Jesus talking about here in that sentence? Jesus is saying, his presence, his walking around on earth for 33 years, the fact that the Lord, God, is with you, Emmanuel, God with us, he is the groom. Why would you fast at a wedding? That's a time for a feast, a celebration. Someone's getting married. It's time to 
observe a wonderful celebration at this point. And Jesus is saying, I'm the groom. My presence being here would not lead you to begin fasting. You don't want to fast if you're at a wedding. And then he says in verse 35, this is the main point I believe for us today, this main verse for us for fasting. But the time will come when the groom, i.e. Jesus, will be taken away from them. Meaning, this groom, he's going to go away one day. And when he goes away, it says in verse 35, then they will fast in those days. When the groom is gone, then they, who's they? That's us. We'll fast in those days. When are those days? That's today. When the groom is no longer with us and the wedding feast isn't here on earth anymore, at that point, we are going to fast. Now, what is fasting? Fasting is when we choose to give up food. Now, there's a lot, a lot of times today People try to stick anything in there for fasting. Maybe you don't go on Facebook. Maybe you don't play video games. Maybe you quit eating at McDonald's this week. That's, that's not really fasting. Fasting is when you are depriving your body of the most basic desire. You are sitting here this morning and you're thinking of lunch. You know it's coming. You already had your donut. What's your next meal? Think about the time every day you go to the grocery store, you do cooking, meal planning, actually eating the food, cleaning up from eating the food, and a few hours later, here we are doing it again. So much of our day is the nonstop process of preparing, eating, and cleaning up. Cooking, buying, I mean, you're constantly... Church has a kitchen. It's the busiest place. Your home has a kitchen. It, every house has a kitchen. Have you ever seen a home that doesn't have a kitchen? They don't exist. It's not a home without a kitchen. Everyone is constantly thinking about food. Now, God made us that way. This is common sense. And this is the most basic, natural desire on earth. I'm hungry. I want something to eat. I'm thirsty. What's for lunch? What's next? What are we going to eat? That is how we live. And what fasting does is you're saying this most natural desire that the Lord has created me to eat, I am going to neglect it and I'm not going to do it. And what you do in that place is you replace the time that you would have spent eating thinking about food, desiring food, you replace that with prayer and focus on the Lord. The time you would have spent eating, you're devoting that time to the Lord. Now here's what's so important for fasting. This this is a must. If you miss this, you've missed this entire message on fasting. Fasting is done with a purpose. We don't fast for the sake of fasting. You say, look at me, I went all day today without eating. I'm a star. Not at all. You're fasting for a God-giving purpose. Let me illustrate this. Maybe you have a child who's not saved. You need to be fasting 
for that child. So what would happen? Your child doesn't go to church. Your grandchild doesn't know the Lord. This afternoon, you're sitting here thinking about food. You, don't, you skip lunch, and you devote that time. Every single time, your body tells you, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And you don't have to wait. That will happen. You replace that with, I'm praying for my son. I'm praying for my daughter. Now, if you don't replace it with the God-given passion of focusing on the Lord, you've missed the whole purpose. There's no point in doing it if you don't do it this way. You're taking that time and the focus for its, for, towards food and you're fasting for that thing, that person. The healing of your spouse. Maybe your spouse is sick. Maybe they have cancer. You should be fasting for them regularly. Even if it's one meal, one day. Say, Lord, my spouse needs to be healed. And I want to tell you, you don't tell anybody you're doing this. You do it, and it's between you and the Lord. You're fasting for that purpose. Maybe you have a drinking problem. You're fasting to be set free. Maybe you're, you're dating someone, and you're thinking about getting married to them. My goodness, if you are dating someone right now, and you are thinking and praying about getting married to them, you should spend some time fasting. Sherry and I were dating when I was in seminary at New Orleans, down New Orleans Seminary. My first real fast was a three-day fast. I gave that time to the Lord, three full days. I'm not eating. I was, I was drinking stuff. I didn't want to dry out totally. But I ate no food. Saying, Lord, should I marry this woman? The woman I'm dating, should I marry her? I was fasting for that purpose. I wouldn't ever go into a marriage without fasting. Asking the Lord. Say, Lord, reveal to me, should I marry this person? Should I date this person? Should I change jobs? Should I buy this house? Anything. Folks, this should be regularly what we do. Any major decision, you fast for it for the Lord. Your children, you're, fa you're, you're fasting for them. You, in, in one meal, you skip a meal a week to devote that time to the Lord. Someone who's sick, someone who's having financial problems, maybe you're considering joining this church, you should fast about it. Maybe you're considering uh, getting involved in serving, maybe joining the choir, fast about it. Lord, make it clear to me. I want to tell you, you start skipping a meal or two, it's amazing the clarity that comes to mind. And I want to tell you, this isn't some secular idea. Fasting came from the Lord. David fasted in the Old Testament. Jesus fasted. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, before they went on a missionary trip, in the book of Acts, it says they fasted and prayed. They set aside, should we do this? Any and every decision you make, even our church should make. If you serve on our budget and stewardship committee, are you fasting for our budget? This is what we do. We fast before we make decisions. We give this time to the Lord. If you're struggling at school and you can't understand math and you're just making C's, D's, and F's, Lord, what do I do about this? Fast through it. Watch how the Lord uses this. There's always a purpose. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And do you know why? Because He knew 
when he left that mountain, he was about to enter into temptation. The devil, in Matthew chapter 4, went after him, after his fast. Because he knew temptation was coming. And for us, we should be doing the same. Any decision you're making, you should fast it through. If you are struggling with something, you fast through it. One meal can be a fast. You're taking all that time, all the money, all the energy you would have put towards food, and you would give that to the Lord. Folks, this should be a part of your spiritual life. I promise it will change your life. I'll be truthful, the longest fast I've ever gone is five days in my life. I've done a five-day fast. That's the, and I was fasting for something. And you can do it too. And yes, you're going to get hungry. And yes, you're going to lose weight. But I want to tell you, the clarity occurs. Because instead of eating, and your stomach would be growling, you take that time and you devote it solely to the Lord. Folks, Jesus tells us here in verse 35, what we just read, and then they will fast in those days. That's today. I want to tell you, if you're here, and it's here we are at the end of September, you're part of our wonderful church family at Broadway Baptist Church. And you're probably thinking, Pastor, I just don't feel the presence of the Lord. I just don't feel close to Jesus. I just feel distant spiritually. I want to tell you, you know what the Lord's telling you right now? You should fast per, for personal spiritual revival. And you don't need to tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Sweetie, you and the Lord. You should not be telling people you're fasting. I want to tell you one of the best times to fast is like uh, maybe you're traveling. Maybe your spouse is out of town. So that nobody knows what you're up to. Folks, it's between you and the Lord. That's it. And no one needs to know who or what you're fasting for. You get, you, this is a spiritual discipline that God's people, you and I, we can do. And we do it with a purpose. The ultimate goal of fasting is not to sit there and say, I did it. Look at me. I went a whole week. I went three days. I went two meals. If that's what you, that's not, that's not the goal at all, whatsoever. In fact, if all you think about is, I'm starving, I'm hungry, I'm starving, you, you've missed it. You have to replace those thoughts of food and hunger with whatever the purpose you're doing it. If you don't do that, there, you, you've missed the whole point of what we're doing. God is telling us that the goal isn't to see, can you make it? And the goal isn't say, Lord, I just want to see if I can do it for one day because the pastor told me to. Not at all. The goal is, Lord, I want clarity on this purpose. And I want to tell you why fasting is so important. Fasting also prepares us for God's answer. When you fasted or prayed about something, you are more confident of a direction God has given you. If you're dating somebody and you're thinking about getting married, or maybe you're even thinking about going on a date with them, and you fasted about it, and you pray through that, then whatever answer God has told you, He might tell you, no, that's not for you. There you go. You accept that answer. Lord, I prayed, I fasted, I'm sure of what I'm doing. How sad would it be 
to make a major life decision, maybe purchase a house, join a church, move somewhere else, and then you get there and you think, should I really be here? Did I pray about this? Did I fast about this? Folks, if you have children who are not saved, how sad would it be that you live your whole life and you didn't one time fast for their salvation? You miss dinner and spend that time praying for your son to give his life to Jesus. Jesus expects us to do this. And we accept the answer to whatever God... He's preparing us by fasting. He prepares us for this. And I want to tell you, when you say no to your physical appetite, you're saying yes to your spiritual appetite. Because God draws you closer when we have that longing, that dependency upon Him. There is so much pollution and trash our culture offers us today. And what fasting does, we're saying, I don't want any of this junk out there that's, that's pr- providing this. Lord, I want you. That's what fasting does. Flip over in your Bibles now to John chapter 4. Jesus spoke about this other food that he ate. This is really unusual. What's happening here in John chapter 4 is Jesus meets this Samaritan woman at a well. And he informs her that she has been married five times, and that in fact the man she's living with now is not her husband. And she's impressed. He offers her living water. She realizes he's the Messiah. She goes back into town and says, hey look, I, you need to come meet this man that has told me everything I've ever done. Well, she's done quite a bit, so probably folks are like, well, I'd like to come meet this man. We'll go check him out. So in the meantime, while she's gone, Jesus stayed right there. And then his disciples come back, and they have a conversation. So that's where we pick up this conversation after the lady leaves. It's in John chapter 4, verse 31. It says, in the meantime... The disciples kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something. It bothers us when we're in the presence of others and they're not eating. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever gone out to eat someone and they wouldn't eat? I have a Thursday men's discipleship group. Many of y'all are part of it. And we had one guy one time, uh, he, he came several times, and he would come and he would never eat. And, you know, you got four or five guys sitting there eating, and then, poor man, over and over again, why aren't you eating? Why aren't you eating? Why aren't you eating? Why aren't you eating? Do you want me to pay for your family? We just go down the line. Like, what's the problem? Are you sick? Do you need some money? Do you want me to order for you? It bothers us. Well, that's what's going on here. I mean, it's like going out to lunch today, and you're (coughs) with your family, and, you know, one family member's not eating. Well, that's what Jesus is like. He's that one odd person here. He's not eating. So the disciples show up, and they says, Come on, Jesus, eat some food. It bothers me. I made it for you. And then he said in verse 32, I have food to eat that you don't know about. What is Jesus talking about? I have food, in your KJV version it says meat. I have meat to eat that you don't know about. I have something, and I've eaten something that you don't have any idea 
You are so focused on food, disciples, but there's something better than food. When Jesus says, I have food to eat, folks, He's not talking about physical food. He's talking about spiritual food. Folks, we want that food. I want this meat Jesus is offering that he, nobody knows about. Where is this food in verse 32? How do I order it from the menu? This is what we want. Jesus says, I have food to eat that you don't know about. Jesus is teaching his disciples, guys, quit focusing on food. Food, 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 food. No, there's something better than food. And what is it? He's going to tell us what it is. The disciples said to another, one another, so here's this is us, because someone had brought him something to eat. Did the delivery man show up and bring him pizza and we didn't know about it? Did some food arrive? Did, where did Jesus get some additional food? And look what he says. My food, in verse 34, this is for us this morning. This ties in with fasting. My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work, Jesus told them. Jesus' food is to do God's will. He understood what's more important than eating is doing what God wants Him to do. Living for the Lord is more important than eating food. In fact, Jesus tells us, He actually tells us when He was tempted, when the devil came to Him after He had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, the devil knew He was hungry. He said, you see these stones? Why don't you turn them into bread and have some bread and eat? Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man does not live on bread alone. Do you know what bread alone is? Bread alone is the physical, our three meals a day, I've just got to make it to dinner. Got to make it to lunch. Jesus is telling us, if you are living on bread alone, you are empty. You're hungry. There's more to it. And folks, I'm afraid for many of us spiritually, we might be living on bread alone. And fasting forces us to move away from this bread alone. It says, I'm going to now eat the spiritual food that Jesus offers. The Bible tells us here, our hearts, when we fast, we are giving a longing for God. We are coming to God and saying, Lord, I want more of You. Lord, I want more of what You offer. Who You are. What You provide. It is, is saying there's more than what you can see. I want to tell you what else fasting does. We won't turn there, but I want to illustrate the story. Jesus one time was with His disciples, and there was a demon-possessed child. And the Bible says His disciples were really struggling driving out this demon. And the father brought the, the, the boy to, uh, to Jesus and says, Jesus, uh, your disciples, they couldn't drive out and set free my son. You know, he's foaming at the mouth. He's out of control. Something's not right. He's demon-possessed. And Jesus, uh, 
drove him out, spoke to the demon, and he came out. And then afterwards, the, the father and the son left, and the disciples came and pulled Jesus to his side privately and said, hey, Jesus, uh, why couldn't we drive that demon out? Like, what happened? And, and your Bible has it in the footnote. And Jesus made a statement. He says, that kind only comes out through prayer. But if you look in your footnote in that, there's a footnote that says, it says, that kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Meaning, there's some things in our life that are such obstacles, that are such challenges, that not only do we need to pray for it, we also need to be fasting for it. Now, what's powerful about that story is Jesus didn't stop right then and say, let's quick have a fast, let's come back in five hours after I skip lunch, and then we'll drive it out. Jesus had already fasted for this miracle to occur. What I mean by that is, if you are here this morning and you're thinking, Pastor, I don't even know who or what to fast for. We need to be fasting that we don't give in to temptation. That we don't give in to the worldly desires and fleshly desires all around us. And there's many. Because we don't know what's going to come. The disciples were not prepared spiritually for that young, demon-possessed boy. They couldn't drive it out. And I think for us spiritually, fasting provides us, it prepares us for what's going to happen. We don't know what our future holds, but we want to be prepared spiritually by fasting and prayer for what's going to come. Maybe one of the reasons you aren't seeing spiritual breakthrough and spiritually answers to your prayer, folks, is because you're not fasting for it. So I'm asking you, this morning, we're going to have a revival here in four weeks with evangelist Ronnie Hill. Folks, will you fast for, fast for this revival? Will you give up something for spiritual renewal? If you want to see folks saved, Ronnie last week, or not last week, last year when he was here, this is the gentleman that was here a year ago, he told me, he says, Pastor, the churches that fast for revival and fast for a harvest, fast for folks to get saved, it comes to fruition. God brings it. The Lord needs to lay people on your heart, in your family, in your home, who do not know the Lord, who are not where they need to be spiritually, and you need to start, as soon as possible, start fasting for their salvation. Don't tell your spouse. Don't tell me. Don't email anybody. It's between you and the Lord. This is a spiritual discipline. Folks, if Jesus told us that in those days you will do it when the groom is gone, therefore, we need to be doing it. When you do not fast, you are telling the Lord, God, I don't need that. I'm okay spiritually. I'll be able to get through. You're telling the Lord you can do it in your own strength. And you will not see answers to prayer. You won't have clarity on what to do. The Lord won't open up your mind. You won't have a confidence when you make a decision. Folks, fasting clears up everything. Because I want to tell you, you start missing some meals. 
you're going to be hungry. And you'll be thinking about food more than you ever have in your life. And you devote that time solely to the Lord. You know, in our season of prayer this week, on Thursday is our church's day of fasting. Now, if we lived in Tennessee, Friday, gosh, you'd have back-to-back days. If we were a church in Tennessee, you'd have to fast on Thursday for the church. Then you'd have to fast Friday for the governor. But we live in Kentucky. So you only have to fast on Thursday for revival here. As you're going through this prayer guide this week, I want to encourage you this Thursday to set aside some time to say, Lord, what purpose, who do I need to fast for? Show to me who or what I need to be fasting for. There's always a purpose behind your fast. Every fast you're giving to the Lord. If there's no purpose, you've missed it. And if you don't have a purpose, fast for revival. Fast for, fast for me. Fast for your church. Fast for spiritual renewal here. This Thursday, you give that time to God and say, Lord, I'm going to do this for you because I want to see spiritual renewal in my life and our church's life. Folks, it's not going to happen unless we're fasting for the Lord. So this morning, should you be fasting? Absolutely. Should you tell other people you're fasting? Not at all. This is between you and the Lord. If you feel spiritually dry, spiritually empty, it's because the Lord is telling you this morning, you've been eating and drinking from the fire hose of all the worldly flesh and desires, the appetite of the world, and God is saying, cut it off, turn it away, and you begin eating the food that Jesus says that He ate from that you don't know about. I want that food, and I want you to have that food too. I want to close this, ser- this sermon with our day of prayer here. We're going to pray as I close this out for day eight in our prayer, God. So why don't we bow our heads? I'm going to pray this scripture. <clears throat> the Bible tells us here in 1 John 5, 14-15, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, and we know that He hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. God, we come to You desperately, eagerly, begging for Your blessings upon us. Lord, we are spiritually dry. We want, in Your name, You alone. Only You can hear us. Lord, only You can answer prayer. Lord, only You can restore us. Lord, You give us living water. Lord, You give us meat that no one else knows about. Lord, if we, are, we have heavy hearts this morning, if we've come into worship and there's something on us and we're worried about it, Lord, we want to fast it away. Give us clarity. Help us remove from us the desire, this incessant desire for food and help us replace it with a longing and a yearning for You, Lord. God, I pray this morning that we will see the spiritual insistence upon fasting for renewal in our lives. 
Lord, you told us to do this in those days. And those are the days we're in today. Lord, I pray we will be a fasting, praying church. Lord, I thank you for our season of prayer. I pray as we pray for your will to be done. And we, you make it clear to us that, Lord, we boldly respond to you. And we might not get saved this morning. But Lord, for, for us who are saved, we might decide today I'm going to start practicing regularly fasting. Any major decision needs to be fasted before the Lord. God, we give you this invitation. Lord, we pray we respond to you. Thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to close our service with an invitation. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. I'm going to be standing down front along with our deacons. If you are here this morning and you have fasted about it, and you're thinking about what church to join, you come take my hand and say, Pastor, I want to join Broadway Baptist Church. If you came this morning and you have never become a believer, you need to get saved. You don't have to fast about that. You just respond to the gospel and say, Pastor, Lord wants me to give my life to Him. This is our time to respond to Jesus. David Dale is going to lead us in our song. We're going to sing in our songbook. Hymn number 540, Take my life, lead me, Lord. I, along with our deacons, will be standing down here. You respond to the gospel. David.